Potluck community, welcome to the podcast. You've hopefully survived Easter. Now it's time for the Philo Conference. It's next week. Oh my gosh. I can't believe it. It's already here. If you haven't registered, there's still time. Head over to philo.org to see all the info you need to help you make a decision to sign up you and your whole team. There you'll find updated breakout faculty teaching on topics that you've wanted to know about, as well as largest trade show ever. And if you can't come in person, you can join us online along with technical artists from 96 other countries. So we're worldwide and you should join us. It's going to be great. There's nothing I love more than seeing all the people checking in from all over the world. Yeah, it's really inspired. There are tech people everywhere and we are all similar. We all face similar challenges. Our first languages may be different and... You know, our budgets are different, our size of our church is different, but we're all kind of in the same boat. And I love that we all get to be together. So much of what we do at the Philo Conference embodies what we're all about here at Philo, which is providing a space for you to learn a new skill, to experience community with other like-minded technical artists, and to be inspired to keep going, that what you do matters. And we want to help you become more effective so that your local church is more effective. Like I said, it's not too late to sign up. Go to philo.org and we'll see you there. If you already signed up, keep checking your email for important updates and things to look out for regarding your registration to the Philo Conference, like when the app is ready, you'll get a link to the stream site. There's a trade shows page. Anyway, lots of stuff. So make sure you don't just delete those emails, but you're going to need them. So check them out. And speaking of the file conference on our podcast today, we have Pastor Ricky Jenkins, and he is one of our main session speakers this year at Philo. And he has a really interesting story of his journey to becoming a senior pastor, not the normal route of, he even talks about it, you know, youth pastor, associate pastor, campus pastor, senior pastor, but he has been a couple of places where he's doing everything. He's fixing the toilets, the the roof, the fill in the baptismal, doing the mix from the pulpit, all, all the stuff. Anyway, he has a really good perspective on what it takes to do what we do. And we had a really great conversation. So let's check it out. Pastor Ricky Jenkins, welcome. Uh, thanks, Todd. Thanks for having me. And hey, follow community. Yeah, I'm lo- really looking forward to our time together. It's still on some level feels strange to be meeting together, you know, having big events uh, with people. But yeah, still can't get yeah. enough. And yeah, looking forward to kind of you sharing your heart with the file community. Well, we're excited about it, man. I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to getting back to Chicago. Some of my old roots there. Very excited <laughs> times, man. Yeah. So I guess the big question is Chicago style pizza. Like what what's your go to? Blue Malnati's. There uh, it is. All right. Not yeah. non-negotiable. Uh, <laughs> we'll let you come to the final conference still. Yeah, yeah. Blue <laughs> yeah. Malnati's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Nice. Yeah, that's so great. So <laughs> for our audience uh, that may be new to Pastor Ricky Jenkins, maybe talk about a little bit who you are, what you do now, and then maybe even some of your story on how you got to where you are right now. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So I am um, pastoring in a, at a church called Southwest Church. It's in Indian Wells, California. So Southern California, think Palm Springs area. So I basically pastor in a resort town, a retiree village. All right. Yet it's bustling with young families and me and my wife, April, our three kids. We've been here a little over five years now. So okay. uh, beautiful scenery, wonderful people at this church. It's kind of a very random story as to how I got here. I'm born and raised in Mississippi. And so okay. uh, cut my teeth in kind of little family church, black church tradition, went to college and got hired at my first church, which was a small urban inner city church in Oakland, California. Okay. All right. Uh, went out there at age 24, cut my teeth preaching. It was a mega church, Todd. So there was like eight people. 
<laughs> oh. so, that's, that's including me. So Okay. <laughs> so I was out there uh, about seven years, inner city ministry, but sweet people, and traversed to Memphis, Tennessee with a mentor of mine, a guy named Brian Loritz that I okay. yeah. pastor for. I fall in love with April. We go up to Chicago so I can finish my education doing a doctorate up at Trinity. Got it. Okay. Believe it or not, back to Memphis for okay. years where we thought we were going to be forever at mm. a beautiful church called Fellowship. And so we bought the big house, and that's where we're going to have our grandchildren come and have Christmas. Yep. And after about <laughs> two years, it was just obvious to us that the Spirit had a different vision and we were really thinking about, okay, God, what do you want? This is what we yeah, yeah. but what do you want? And lo and behold, I had some mentors who were helping Southwest navigate some pretty difficult times in an interim situation. Okay. And they thought, okay, this big old largely white, affluent evangelical church in the middle of the Coachella Valley with an <laughs> African-American Mississippian. Huh. What could go wrong? It's exactly, exactly. <laughs> and so it was just a God thing. We just felt like God knit our hearts together. And I always mm. tell people, it's so bad a fit that it fits. And okay. God's been doing some great stuff here. So that's a little bit about my background, man. Sure, right. Yeah, yeah. you've been all over the place. Yeah, all over the place. Yeah, I'm a church Yeah, yeah. Man. I'm a church man. <laughs> yeah. So I'm guessing that a little church in Oakland that you, I mean, if there are eight people, uh, you and your wife included, or I guess you, you hadn't- Wasn't uh, married at the time. Weren't married yet. Yeah. yeah. So just, exactly. you're one of those eight. Sure. You're yeah. pro- pretty much doing everything there, I'm guessing. Oh, well, it wasn't pretty much. You were, you, <laughs> you were the guy who was a sole paid, right, staff, it was part-time, right? So my Oof, salary, okay. for get this, my salary for seven years was a thousand a month. And Ooh. now eight eventually becomes maybe 45 okay. again, right? So All Easter right. was big. You get, you get 90 people on Easter, man. It was a big deal. So, yes, uh, we had volunteers. So mm-hmm. this man, you know, slides, videos, you know, we didn't, we couldn't afford a musician. So there's something back in the day called iTunes tracks, right? Okay. All right. And queuing <laughs> that all up in the MacBook. <laughs> that was all me. Uh, <laughs> you know, anytime the roof leaked, me and Abraham were getting on the <laughs> yeah. roof to patch the leak. Anytime we were doing an event, me and Abraham going to Sam's Club to get the hot dogs. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't <laughs> give that experience away. It was the richest, some of the richest years of ministry, mm. brother. And uh, yeah, that's why I love Philo, right? Yeah. It's about the foundation. It's about the people whose blood, sweat, and tears. So really, uh, you know, I grew up that way in a small church. Small church, you do everything. And so I was yeah, yeah. raised to be a volunteer. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm a fourth generation pastor. And so okay. it's just kind of part of the lifeblood of what it means to be a Jenkins man. And so just the symbiosis between pastor that leads, but also servant leaders who lead as well and understand mm-hmm. the marriage that has to be there. Uh, it has to inherently be there for the gospel to move forward. It's just something that's always appealed to me. It's part of the lifeblood of the mm. church. So Yeah, yeah. Just hearing you talk about all those things. When I was in middle school, my mom, she decided we're, we're changing churches. We're going to go somewhere else. Okay. And there was a season that she she was just going. Okay. And we would just stay home. 
she was going, uh, she was driving, I don't know, 30 minutes to another church. And yep. the pastor of that church said, hey, there's enough of you that have shown up here from way over there. You should start your own thing. So my mom was a part of this like oh, wow. startup, startup church. That's great. And so then once that got off the ground or even before it got off the ground, like I got sucked in and mm. setting up hymnals on the chairs in the there, band room at the middle go. school. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Turning the coffee pot on, you know, just whatever. It's interesting because that in that school, that it, with that church, we did not have a senior pastor. Like, okay. you know, it was just a rotation of pastors. Sure. And sound, you know, I started learning to run sound, which was a tape deck recording of the message and one giant lavalier mic that was wired that had a necklace, Okay, a necklace that went around. Okay. You know, and so just, it was like as big as your fist, that microphone just hanging from the pastor's neck. I love that. (laughs) But yeah, look at me now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly, (laughs) man. Thieves planet. Fruit harvest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So I know that, you know, your days in Oakland were, I mean, it sounds like it was quite a while ago, but yeah. I mean, anything from that time that you miss, like, do you miss the, like, patching the roof? Do you miss the... I do. I do. Right? <laughs> and you know you know how it is, Ty. It's one of those things where, do you miss it? Yes. Would you go back to it? No. Right? So it's yeah, yeah, just, yeah, it's yeah. all of that is definitely more of a nostalgic kind of... You know, right, that's, yeah. that's kind of where things started to materialize in my soul and in my heart. But I'll tell you what I miss, man. What I miss is knowing everyone's name. Mm, yeah, yeah. Knowing everyone's spouse's name. Mm. Knowing everyone's kids' names. Yeah. And I miss the nuance of knowing, hey, isn't little Jimmy getting ready to graduate from junior high? Or right, hey, right. what was the score at the soccer game Saturday? So those yeah. interactions that happen in a small church that I don't care how awesome a big church is, it cannot manufacture, right, the intimacy that yeah. you get on that level. I try to recreate that with our staff here, right? We, yeah, yeah. There's just more of a family and a team than a staff. Mm-hmm. So we have moments, right, where that happens. But I miss that connectivity in those days. And just, bro, if I can say it vulnerably and plainly, mm-hmm. it just wasn't about the numbers. Yeah. It wasn't about metrics. It was about something way more transcendent than that. Mm. Uh, yeah, of course, yeah. it still is today, but no one cared about money because <laughs> we didn't have it. Right. Yeah, yeah. No one cared about numbers because we didn't have it. No one cared about renovations because we couldn't afford it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it had a certain purity, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I pray that we're going to kind of reimagine here at Southwest and other churches. Yeah. So yeah, I missed those things. Yeah, it is amazing. I was working at a church in uh, the Detroit area and uh, we met in a high school, you know, set up and tear down every week. We had essentially three semi-trailers full of equipment, uh, you know, Mm. kids stuff and chairs and big volunteer team to pull it off and, you know, wake up, meet at the church office at 4 a.m. kind of thing. Sure. And I can remember, I didn't love it, let's say, you know, I don't love waking up at 4 a.m., but, Mm -hmm. you know... The difference between four and five, it's like still dark out, so who cares? But I can remember when we were getting closer to the place where we're going to have our own building, Uh people would ask me, oh, boy, I can't, I bet you can't wait, you know, to to get into that new building. I have to do this anymore. I'm like, oh, there's something really simple about this. Yeah, it's a long day, but yeah, it's like our focus is the weekend service. We don't, there's not anything else going on because we don't have our own space. Sure. And just like the sweetness of being, we're all doing it together. Yep. 
Absolutely. And then, yeah, there's something that, that we lost when we moved into <laughs> the building. It, I mean, it changed and sure. there was beauty there too, but sure. yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I loved it. I wouldn't change it. But yeah, don't I don't know that I want to go back there. Yeah, I'm with yeah. you. I'm with you. Well said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you've done everything, been a part of everything. I mean, is there is there anything just even the way you lead as a pastor, maybe not specifically even just the tech people, but anybody doing sure. ministry, you know, is there something from your experience that informs how you lead those yeah. people today? Sure. Yeah, no. That, that's a great question. You know, when I first started here at Southwest and this was kind of before I started, right? Like voted in, not moved over. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And we're hanging out. And I'd guess staff is somewhere around 50 or so folks, another 10 wow. or so part-time, whatever we are. And and I remember just saying, hey, I think one of the ways I think I'll be able to serve you, at least I plan to serve you in, is that man, there's probably not a job in this room that I haven't spent and invested significant time in. Hmm. And I hope what you hear from that is a heart to identify with you hmm. and to really be able to understand where you're coming from. Because I've done youth ministry and I've done young adults and I've had to do books for a church and not good at it, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. and, and so that's 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 something that continues to be true of us. Just the benefit of a leader, senior pastor, having done certain things. It's not, mm -hmm. I wasn't just the traditional youth pastor, campus pastor, senior pastor model, right? Oh, I was right. custodian. <laughs> yeah. I, I have I have cleaned toilets and unplugged them. I have filled up baptismal pools, I flooded one, one <laughs> flooded the whole church. That's another story for another time, Todd. But, but the cool the cool thing, right, is just to to have felt and carried the weight that your brothers and sisters on your staff team have carried. Hmm. Praise God. I don't think you have to have it to be an effective senior leader. But I'm I'm praising God that He's given me that vantage point because just to know where people at and where they're living and the burden mm. they have, but to also cherish the spark that's in vocational ministry and in volunteer ministry. Mm. Those people are there because their hearts break for that area of the ministry and identify with that and to see that. Mm -hmm. As well as you see your own avenue of ministry is real sweet, man. And I, you know, I mm -hmm. hope I can be consistent with that. I hope that's something that'll carry me through the remainder of my years serving in the church. Yeah, that's cool. As a tech person, I've yeah. when I started at the church in Detroit, everybody's doing everything. So you yeah. know, my my list yeah. of responsibilities was a giant range of things. Sure. And as I went along, I was sort of giving things up and passing them off to other and people. It, and but I think for me, I'm. I used to doing things like I realized that I got a lot of my identity from like how good is the mix this weekend or how how good are the lights or how bad is the video that I just did, you know, whatever. You know. And that the transition to becoming just a not just but becoming a leader of people mm -hmm. and not being able to do those things specifically anymore. Yeah, yeah. I guess maybe two things happened. One was I had to figure out where I was going to get my identity from because I wasn't doing it, doing yeah. anything in yeah. quotes. Yeah, but also like being comfortable enough to leave behind those things to focus on leading. I always felt a little tug about not always being there for teardown or yeah. for setup. Yeah, and I guess I don't know if you relate to any of that at all, but like that transition out of doing everything to, you know, just leading was that a hard transition for you, or yeah. was it? Was the doing more like out of necessity and wasn't really, you know, in your gift mix? It's interesting. <laughs> it, you know, I, I hear what you're saying. I definitely identify with it. My, mine was hard, 
maybe in a different area. And I wonder if you felt some of this too, Todd, especially as being being a senior leader, right? Like Mm -hmm. there's things that look impressive and winsome on the outside. Right, right. I look forward to, right? When you finally get to that position, then you get to it and you realize, oh yeah, every job has crap factor. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) It's romantic as you thought. And honestly, I'll just be very vulnerable with you. When I first started as a senior leader, I've been senior leader on different levels, right? But this is kind of right, right. Weird, so it's a different thing. And yeah, the early days, I felt a little bit of a guilt and shame, hmm. right? Uh, everybody's working hard, so there's not a such thing as no one. The the tech guy, it, uh, Victor, is working mm-hmm. as hard as I am. Period. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'm not working yeah. harder than him. Sure. Okay. But, but man, the level of acclaim and fanfare that I get right. yeah. versus the guy who's literally working just as hard, and I would say maybe harder in so far. Right. Not yeah. many people are saying Victor's name. Yeah, yeah. My first few months was a little guilt and shame because I knew how important it is for Victor to be Victor and for mm. Daniel to be Daniel and for Jeremy to be Jeremy. And that, you know, I had to bring that to the Lord but I found a way to rhythmically just show up for Victor and mm-hmm. Jeremy and Zach in the same way that the congregation tends to show up for for me, right? Uh, and yeah. so that's it, it, it was hard in that sense, man. Not so much an identity standpoint and all that good stuff. I was at a small church too long <laughs> for me to kind of get meddled into that identity stuff. Like I do have identity stuff is that I'm nobody. Uh, <laughs> but that was that was kind of some of the weight I had to carry and figure out how to bring that back to the cross. So that's been an interesting journey. So uh, I love the question. I, I kind of want to yeah. delve into that a little more. I need to think through some of that some. So Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love that idea. That what's one of the things we talk a lot about at Philo is that generally speaking, people only notice the tech team if a mistake happens. Yeah. And so the only time they're they're getting talked to at all is yeah. like, hey, why did you let that happen? Right. You know, how did you screw that up? That's right. And it's not that, you know, the production team's doing bad work. They're just not being noticed for the good stuff. That's and right. so as the Philo community, you know, to be on a team of other tech people at right. your church, uh-huh. it's like, we all see the good stuff uh-huh. or the, you know, the flawless whatever. Uh-huh. And it's our job to say something. Mm-hmm. It's our job to show up and talk about the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, yeah, no one else see no one else sees it. Mm-hmm. So therefore no one else is going to talk about it. Sure. And there's something I love that what you just said, you know, like showing up for your that team like the congregation shows up for you. Yeah. I mean that's yeah, yeah, so good. Yeah, so essential. So good. Yeah. Man. So I started as an audio person. Okay. And I don't think I got a compliment one time. <laughs> It was always yeah. you know, too loud. Yeah. It usually was my no, parents course, complaining. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Then I moved into to lighting. Okay. Uh, let me back up. I started in video. So audio, then into video. So I was like okay. making videos. Hey. And, you know, at the end of a video story or something, people would clap or somebody would say, hey, you know, let's thank Dan and Todd who made this, you know, this great story, told this wonderful story. And people would clap and say something to me. I'm like, wow, that feels really good. Yeah. And I never got it, you know, uh, mixing audio. Sure. And then even I was doing lighting. I had one person in the congregation that would come up to me almost every week. 
this moment and this song, like what you did with the lighting, you know, that's and it was awesome. all, yeah, that's great. It was like not moving lights or anything. It was yeah. just like lights on and off. Yeah. That's pretty sure. much all I was doing. Yeah. Yeah. But, that um, person was a saint. <laughs> right. To, to just it made me realize how important it is to just get a word. I mean, as a tech person, I like wearing black. I like sitting in the back. I don't yeah. want the attention. Sure. But like a little bit of attention. Totally. And a, po- a positive attention. Totally. Yeah. 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 We all, we all, every last one of us has an inherent need to know how I'm doing. Everyone. Mm-hmm. It's something we should esteem highly. It is part of what it means to be human mm-hmm. is to receive affirmation that I am doing a good job. Now, affirmation is appreciated from different types and different models, but it's an inherent fundamental need. Like, so I've got a staff of 50-something folks, but I report to a board of seven elders, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm, I am self-motivated. You know, I'm just doing my job. I want mm-hmm. to do my job. I don't need a lot of pats on the back. But I've noticed when those guys stop to say, hey, Ricky, I had a boy. Man, Christmas was great. You guys are killing it. My soul changes because I get it all the time, so it means nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so the congregation's saying <laughs> yeah. all. So that means nothing because it's just superfluous. You know what I mean? It's not. But when sure. my yeah, bosses yeah. say, hey, yeah. buddy, well done, out of boy. Well done, yeah. And to know what it does to my soul, Todd, and mm-hmm. I'm self-motivated. So imagine how much more it means to, you know, your average teammate here on the staff. It's it's huge. What's more, how much more does it mean for a volunteer who's working for the Lord for free, right? Yeah, yeah. And so it's just, we have to do that. We got to do more of that. It's one of the most important things we can do. Yeah. It's funny just (laughs) remembering after a big event, you know, Christmas, Easter, (laughs) I would loiter near the kind of where the the lineup uh, for the pastor was happening. Sure, okay. You know, like tearing down or whatever, sure. you know, needed to be done. Sure, but yeah, yeah, yeah. just hoping that the senior pastor would turn around and look at me and say, great uh-huh. job, uh-huh. right, as he's walking out. Uh-huh, <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, Totally. Man. <laughs> 100%, man. <laughs> yeah. You said something like, you know, you're working as hard as, you know, Victor is. Mm-hmm. And Victor's working as hard as you. And That's right. It's interesting to me, as a tech person, when you show up, as Philo, the name Philo says, you know, first one in, last one out. Sure. It it feels very much like you're the only one who knows what's up yeah. and nobody understands all the work that needs to go in. Mm-hmm. And the thing, I don't know where it happened to me. I was somewhere in the first 10 years of my ministry life that I got to a point where I was like, you know, the senior pastor is working on his message. Okay. I never see that. Okay. He's, the fir- he's the first one in. Sure. In that regard. So he might be showing up here late, sure. you know, just in time to preach the message, but sure. there's a whole part of his life I don't know anything about. Sure. And so sure. it was just a, it was an eye-opening thing for me. A vocalist has yeah. got, you know, they've got, you know, things they need to do alone. Sure. And so why it would make sense that I've got this time that I'm here before everyone else. This mm-hmm. is my time. Yeah, yeah. And it's not bad. It's not better. Mm-hmm. It's not, doesn't make me superior. But, but yeah, it was just, a, it was a shift in my attitude to like, we've mm-hmm. all got, you know, the youth pastor thinks they're the first one in and last one out, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's well said. I think you remind me of this story in uh, Genesis and right uh, with, ha- remember Hagar? Mm-hmm. Abraham's kind of concubine, whatever she was. And yeah, yeah. You know, all the talk is on Abraham. All the talk is on Sarah. All the talk is on Isaac. And mm-hmm. here's this gal who's just this insect, basically a, a, a servant who's been forced, yeah. right, to have a relationship <laughs> yeah. with this old man and have a baby yeah, yeah. by him. Mm-hmm. It's just kicked to the curb and literally in the middle of the woods, destitute. And God provides for her. And I think she calls it El Roy, the God who sees. 
Hmm. Right. And it was God's way of saying, I know that the attention has been all over here, but Hagar, I want you to know in all of this, I see you and I still value you. And I think that that's what I hope that the heart of the church, the heart of the Philo community will always be to be reminded that God is the guy who sees each and every one of us. I think that's so essential, man, because I feel like I fail as a senior pastor the second I believe a lie that this is mm. mostly about me and how well I perform. In fact, that's the beginning of the end for church. Yeah, yeah, right. It's to start to yeah. think that and start to believe those lies. And so we're, we're, we're big progressive, you know, mega, whatever we are. There's <laughs> not many Sundays that I go by without saying, hey, can we give it up for this staff team and these volunteers mm. who provided this place for us? And we clap for them. And it's not for the congregation. Congregation is just glad to clap. You know, yeah, right. <laughs> they're still not going to sign up the volunteer. But yeah, <laughs> so those volunteers could feel feel that okay, because mm-hmm. when you're slapping it out, you've been there since six a.m. Right? You, you you put all these grounds of coffee in these machines that you yeah, yeah. your safety teams run. You run this wire. Yeah, it's just it's mind boggling what has to go into a service. And yeah. we have to make those moments where we remind people that he is the God who sees. And we are people who see mm-hmm. one another. Yeah. It is absolutely essential, man, for this thing called the gospel to go forward. Yeah. That's why I love Philo. That's why I love a space where it can be valued. These people, these brothers, these sisters can be celebrated, be encouraged, be equipped. Because let's call it what it is, Todd. The reason you're doing this because that has not been done to a level of excellence that our Lord expects of us. So that's yeah, why I'm so yeah. grateful for you yeah. for what you guys are doing. Mm, thank you. Yeah. It's so interesting to me because Philo is mostly a, an extension of my own, the needs I have as a tech sure. person. It's sure. like, I need, I need to go someplace to be re-inspired uh, to keep doing this and to be with others who, you know, to be in a room full of people who understand the jokes that I'm telling about, yes. you know, getting graphics laid or, you know, whatever the thing sure. is, yeah, uh, just to know that I'm not alone. Yep. It's been an interesting journey for me just coming back to like, this is who God has made me to be. Mm-hmm. And again, yeah, if mm-hmm. if I see something good, I got to say something. And sure. so this is one of those things I, you know, I just got to keep, keep going at it. Yeah. Yes, that's it, man. That's it. Encouragement, um, encouragement, encouragement. Yeah. As a senior pastor and as somebody who's done the production thing in the past, sure. it's it's real easy for anybody, but for a production person to kind of get tunnel visioned on their thing and and the thing that's most important to them, which is no mistakes or, or you know, the perfect whatever. Yeah. But I think it, it sometimes can get, you know, that tunnel vision comes at the expense of maybe losing sight of the bigger picture. Yeah. Of what the church is about and what our role is in the church. And I'd just be curious from your perspective as a senior pastor, what is something that, that would help you do your job better? Yeah. Uh, if you were getting it from the, from the tech team, like, uh, yeah, what do you need from your people? Yeah. When you think about Victor, what, what do you need from him? Yeah, I hear you. That's, that's good. Well, I feel, I feel like, yeah, I'm actually going to put it back on senior pastors. Todd, <laughs> you know, I'm just going to put it back on senior pastors because I don't feel like the, the challenge in the church today are the issues that may exist on the tech and production and experience side. I know they're there. We're all human. There are things that can be improved. I get that. Yeah. Man, I think the weight is really on the senior pastor. And I Mm. feel like if the senior pastors and the executive teams, whatever kind of, you know, framework you have, if they would just embrace a weight then of what it means to honor, encourage, lift up, the, this, mm-hmm. these teams within their community, that their job 
yeah. <laughs> their weight will actually be lighter. So let me let uh. me let me tell you what I mean. So you know, I kind of have an unspoken you know methodology when it comes to production and tech and graphs and vision. I'm a high vision guy. I'm a high creative, mm-hmm. but I've also recognized that if I'm not careful, my people will start to glean from me that I care more about technical. And I mm. care more about style and I care more about so supposed impact of a production mm-hmm. <laughs> than I do the actual thing that we all care about, transformation, transcendent, yeah. storytelling. And mm. so I've kind of worked up, it's in my mind, it's unspoken. The guys, if they're listening to this, they'll hear it and they'll be like, oh, you know what? I think, yeah, I, I can see him trying to do that. But one is just clarity. Mm. Senior leaders, oh, production team and worship teams and experience teams, clarity. This is our vision. This is where we're going. This is what a win looks like for me. And I think clarity is kindness. If we can give people clarity, that way everybody knows where they're running, how they're running. It's just a blessing to everyone. But a senior leader also owes a team freedom. And we just can't gerrymander every ounce of detail of a video of, or of a song <laughs> or of a, you know, this moment in the service. It's just not realistic, number one. Secondly, it's not wise. The church is a mosaic organically made of people. So I take people back to First Corinthians all the time. The eye cannot say to the hand, I do not need you. So yeah. for a senior leader to <laughs> assume that I've got 100% clarity for this vision, <laughs> it's just foolish. I've yeah, got yeah. the end zone, maybe, at best. Yeah, yeah. And Francis Schaeffer used to say, that a church cannot move forward if she is not um, uh, laden with art, right? So a community mm. cannot move forward without art. And so the guys know this. I said all the time, let the artists do the art. Let the artists do the art. <laughs> I have the vision. I don't necessarily have the art, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I think a, a, a good marriage of, of clarity, hey, this is where we're going. This is what a win is, but freedom. Guys, mm. this is important to me, but what's important to you? And how best can you get to that end zone? So they know they have the freedom as leaders who actually know what the crap they're doing. (laughs) I do not, right? It's just a marriage. And so Mm -hmm. I feel like senior leaders who celebrate technical and, 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 you know, so supposed right transitions and all the things that go in the tech world, you're missing it. We're celebrating Mm -hmm. stories and we're saying add a boy. And you know, I don't know if I don't know if that's translating. I know your question mm. was, was kind of leaned towards what I need out of them. Yeah. I need those guys to love coming to work. Yeah. I need those guys <laughs> to love working with me. I need those guys. I can't replace these guys and these gals. They're amazing. Like I yeah. could I'd be up a crap creek within this team. Yeah. I want them leaving here every Friday, clocking out, saying, I can't believe I get to work here. Mm. And let's call it what it is. I can't pay them a million bucks a year. Yeah, yeah. Right. right. <laughs> and so there has to be something else that's keeping them, right? Yeah. So, bro, hear me. I just, mm. I, I, it's back on senior leaders. That's part of what yeah. to have this mantle of ministry that God has entrusted to me mm. that I know and respect that they have a mantle on them as well. Yeah. Bro, that's where we got to go in this thing Oof. or we will fail. We will yeah. fail. So, anyways, uh, oh, man, I love you that. You didn't ask for all your... that, but man, no, no, I that, love it. That, that's I think that needed to be said by somebody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I it reminds me of a conversation I had. This is going back many years, but somebody in the leadership of a church. We were sitting there talking about production people, and 
this person had been on tours, you know, like a Christian artist sure. uh, kind of touring. Sure. And he said, you know, the thing that's different about the touring world is that you find good people and you hang on to them. Like you do what you can to take care of them and kind of what, like what you were saying. That's it. But in the church, this is that person was saying, in the church, it feels more like it's our right to good production. We deserve good production. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, it has nothing to do with taking care of people or whatever. It's like the church deserves this. And yeah, it, it, yeah like we're entitled to good production. Yeah, And uh, I just love what you said. You know, it's like, it is about taking care of your people and- Yeah, well, if I could tease that out a little further, Ty. Yeah. I went to, I know you've probably been around the world for mission trips. I remember the first time I went to China, underground mm-hmm. church, I was a campus pastor at the time. And it was all about, okay, Let's scale this thing. And okay, this video, <laughs> like I was campus pastors, my job to come in and push a button, right? And, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, but I go to China, we're ministering to a hundred, you know, uh, house church pastors, right? All of whom have been arrested for mm. their faith, right? And we're yeah, just yeah. worshiping God. We're in an underground basement in the middle of nowhere, right? They're all sleeping on a, on a floor of some abandoned apartment building. You know, they're day laborers. No lights, no sounds, no videos. It's just us teaching Bible. They're writing down everything we say. And just the most powerful, significant worship experience of my life. I remember coming back to preach next Sunday. I didn't care whether the power came on that day. I didn't care (laughs) whether the video showed or not, because I learned none of that's important. It's about a Mm -hmm. church being together for the mission of the gospel. Now, don't hear me saying that we shouldn't give excellence to the Spirit and what He wants to do. Hear me saying that there's something more important. It's our connectivity. It's our communion. It's our relationship mm-hmm. one with another. And I think once senior leader uh, senior leaders understand that and champion that kind of model over and above what this video looks like right, right. and how big this yeah. LED screen is, <laughs> that's when the world starts to change in our church. And so mm-hmm. you said something so close to the soul, man, because that stuff's important. It's not paramount, right? Yeah. Our community yeah. people. And, you know, I say this with, with our team all the time, you know, we'll be talking about a video or talking about a ministry idea or talking about some kind of illustration in the sermon. And we'll tease it out because we're all artists. We're all creators. Yeah. We're all extroverts, most of us. And so we'll just kind of take it too far. And I'll just remind us, <laughs> hey, guys, no one cares about this as much as we do. Yeah. Like the average guy <laughs> just wants to be like, oh, that was nice. They yeah, don't yeah. come to us looking for what they expect out of Disney. Yeah, yeah. They don't come yeah. to us looking for what they expect out of MGM and all. You know, they want something to hit their hearts. Yeah. And that's our job. And I think as long as we get that, then it makes it fun again, right? It yeah. makes it yeah. it makes it winsome again. So, anyways, this that's a that's some of some some of the soapbox for me. Yeah, yeah. No, I love it. I mean, it, it's uh, it is interesting. The Philo community. One of the things that I talk about a lot is the fact that I spent a lot of my life as a victim, feeling like I was a victim of the situation, and yep. then realizing that okay, I there's something about this that I have responsibility for. So, yep. what are all those things that I could do better? That's good. You know, relationship building and and building trust with my senior leaders and yep. doing my job, you know, yep. better. All those things are important. Yeah. But then at the end of the day, it's, it comes down to what is the environment you're in. Yes. Um, because I could be everything that I I can be myself. Uh, and it also, you know, doesn't change like, you know, the senior leader's perspective on That's my right. job. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I think, um, there's, I think there's a partnership. I appreciate Follow Man because you guys get it. That it's a partnership. Mm-hmm. It's not you work for someone. No, we work with people. Yeah, yeah. And I don't say this to my team. This is not public expression. My team's never heard me say this. My executive pastor has. 
And but this is what I mean for everyone in my team, just so we understand the partnership that's here. You know, I'll, I'll tell my XP all the time, "Hey, your job is way harder. It's just that my weight is heavier." That's mm. it. And I tell, and I think that about every person on our team, every volunteer. Your job is way harder. Yeah, yeah. It takes technique, but I got a gift. You got a skill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is far. It's just that the weight is heavier, but it sure. doesn't mean one is more than the other. Right, right, right. It's just different kinds of ways we show up for the Lord. And as yeah. long as we get that about one another, bro, oh my gosh, talk about what beauty that the Holy Spirit can trust us with if we understand each other. So, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. I, it's so interesting because as a tech person, uh, you know, for so many years, it was all about, well, if I only had this uh, sound system or this new yeah. light fixture, everything would be great. Yeah. And it really turns out to, it's all about relationship and right. trusting each other right. and being trustworthy. And, That's right. Yeah. That's right. And having yeah. fun together, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. We stress ourselves <laughs> out so much that we forget that this can be fun. Right. You know? right. Like I bet like the Chosen series is really helping us, right? You see how many times they're laughing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you're right. reminded, yeah, this is hard, but it's also our life and our right, life. Right, right. We ought to enjoy some of this. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> we go through it, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, we uh, we talk ar around here about, you know, production work is hard, so we might as well enjoy it. That's it. Um, yes. Well yeah, said. Yeah, so like, let's not make it more hard. <laughs> you know, let's, well said. Like, let's, yeah, just leave the hard stuff. It's going to be difficult, but yes. let's have fun while we're doing it yes. together. Yes, yeah. well said, bro. I love it. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much for making time. I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, I think this comes out right before the Philo Conference. So awesome. yeah, looking forward to having you there and yeah, looking forward to meeting in person. Yeah, me too, Todd. Philo and Lou Malnati's, here we come. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right. <laughs> I really love Pastor Ricky's heart for ministry. Uh, one of the things that we talked about was the idea of seeing each other. He said that he tries to show up for his production team like the congregation shows up for him. It's so important for us to see our teams doing good things and uh, not just being invisible all the time. And, you know, for us, since we are generally the ones who notice when things go right, it's really important for us to encourage our volunteers when they do something right. And one of the other things he said that I, I kind of laughed about, which was God's name is Elroy, which is the God who sees me. And I've been thinking about, well, that could be a cool code word for us, you know, for our volunteers to, you know, God sees what you're doing as an encouragement to them to say Elroy. It was also a great reminder that everybody is working hard. I mean, while there are lots of times people don't see all the work that goes on into our roles as technical artists, there are similar parts of the senior pastor job as well that I never see, or the youth pastor, or the worship leader. And we need to remember that everybody has a lot to do, not just us. And there's a lot of people doing first and last out work in their own disciplines. You know, when the senior pastor comes late to rehearsal, ah, they've been working. They're not just, you know, coming in late. I loved when he talked about how important it is for senior pastors to provide clarity to those of us who are working in the technical arts, you know, to have a sense for what are we doing, what matters most, help me understand. And these are great statements and questions that you can ask your senior leader to help gain clarity from your leaders. What are we doing? What are we about? And 
being clear is so helpful to do our jobs the most effectively we can. And while it's up to the leader to provide clarity, we can go after asking for it. I think that's really important. Then he also talked about senior leaders to offer freedom inside that clarity. I think this is a really big challenge. And, you know, learning what details really matter and which would just be a nice change. I used to have a boss that we would joke about, you know, the light's got to be red or I would say the light's got to be blue. And neither one is right or wrong and just a preference. And I had to fight for the freedom to choose for myself instead of always deferring to him. And it's not necessarily a fight, but it's a conversation to always be saying, do you really need to be making all these decisions or can you hand them off to me and be okay with it? I think it even applies for those of us who have volunteer teams to be able to provide clarity for our teams, but then also give them freedom inside that clarity. I think it's really important. And then lastly, I don't think I ever thought someone would use the phrase gerrymander every detail. In case you were wondering, I mean, we're super erudite over here at the Philo Podcast. And so, yeah, we we just use that phrase. Or Pastor Ricky did, I guess I didn't use it. But I just said it just then, so it's got to count for something. Anyway, don't forget, the Philo Conference is next week. There's still time to register. We'd love to have you there. Go to philo.org and check it out. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at Philo Community and on Twitter at Philo Conference. So thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. 